When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to 11 Personnel brought to you by our friends at Port Royal Plants. Port Royal Plants, your one-stop shop for all your CB needs. CBD needs a Kentucky Proud product from right up the road on I-571 in Henry County. They've got everything you need, full-spectrum organic CBD, portroyalplants.com, whether it's the, the back balm or maybe some Epsom salt baths. Uh, they're a good place to shop this Christmas. Small Business Friday is happening. Visit portroyalplants.com this Friday for Small Business Friday. Tell them KSR sent you. Uh, I'm Nick Roush with Adam Luckett, getting you ready for the Governor's Cup this Saturday between the Cats and the Cards. Uh, we've talked about Georgia a little bit, but you know what, Luckett? Like, we, we, we're moving on. It's, it's all in Louisville, right? This is a rivalry yeah. game. We are in the city of Louisville. This game, it, it, it just means a little bit more for folks like us who have to deal with these clowns year-round. Yeah, I think you look this year, too. There's just there are stakes that we didn't think we're going to be stakes here, right? Like we thought maybe Scott Satterfield will be coaching for his job in this game. Maybe he would be gone by this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisville maybe would be scratching and calling for bowl eligibility. And Kentucky would be looking for a big win to cap off what has been a really good season. Uh, none of that is the case right now. You know, uh, Louisville's 7-4. and four. They've got a chance to be 8-4. and four. Like, Nick, they got a chance to finish a year ranked right now if they mm-hmm. get a couple wins here. They're five and one in their last six games. A lot of good things are going their way. Um, whereas Kentucky, one and three since the bye week, reeling, got all kinds of issues, all kinds of stuff they need to figure out. Um, they really need a win here, and so it's an interesting dynamic here. Um, but it's a great opportunity. Play your yep. biggest rival, last game of the season. Get a chance in a disappointing season on a good note. Um, for if you're Kentucky, so it's a it's a huge moment. It's a huge spot. They really need to win this game. You can't lose three games at home as a favorite. Favorite, yeah. That's a bad look if that happens. And so they really got to figure it out here um, with Louisville. And I will say, Nick, last two weeks or so, I was pretty worried about this game, but I do I feel better when I kind of dove in um, to how these teams match up. I think. It's lining up to be a good matchup for Kentucky. That's not saying they'll win the game, uh, but I think it, like Kentucky's Kentucky's the better team here. I think and I think they match up well with Louisville. So 
when I'll have to they'll have to do it on the field. But I think there's some real reasons to feel optimistic if you're a Kentucky supporter going into this matchup. It's kind of funny because um, it's like all of your my big picture just like trash talking takes. That's just like you know dumb meatball brain kind of takes. They're kind of true <laughs> when you really dig into it. Like Louisville's beating no good teams. Um, they want to play the schedule stuff all they want uh, with Kentucky every year. Uh, they've done kind of the same this year where they're scratching and clawing for points and they get a bunch of turnovers and to yeah, win the game. The, the thing is, like, Louisville's beating beating five teams, I think, with seven wins already. So, like, UCF, Pittsburgh, James Madison, Wake Forest. Who is the other one, honestly? NC State. Uh, NC State, yeah. But they're all like seven win teams. Yeah, like if you <laughs> if you go to SP Plus, I'm not sure how many teams. Are, let's do that right quick. Just general advanced stat ranking. Mm-hmm. Let's see who was who's ranked higher than Kentucky on those teams. And Kentucky slipped. This Kentucky's down at 36. This is the lowest they've been all season. Uh, let's see here. But there still might be the highest ranked team they face outside of Clemson. Yeah, UCF is 30. UCF is the only one higher, Nick. In that game, we were down in Florida just wondering what the hell Gus was doing the whole time. Yeah, and that one was a total, not to take anything away from Louisville, but that one was a total, uh, it was a total uh, practice by Gus Malzahn. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm not going to take away from Louisville here. They've had a solid season. Um, mm-hmm. They've beaten some teams with good records. Um, they played some bad offenses here. <laughs> You know, you would feel a lot better about this matchup, I think, if Kentucky was good on offense, but they're not. Um, so that, that that is obviously um, baked in there. Um, everything about this screams slugfest. Like, these are two top 20 oh. defenses. Um, it's going to be about who makes the biggest mistake. The worry is Louisville just forces so many turnovers. Um, but my argument to that would be if you can take care of the football, um, they're not as efficient as Kentucky is on defense. So efficiency, Kentucky should be able to stay ahead of the chains, move the ball, um, own time of possession, own ball control, and that should favor them. But we'll see if that plays out that way. It's a total of 43. Really tasty under, if I do say so myself. Uh, going to be tasty this week. We're going to talk a little bit. Rain is in the forecast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a 40% chance most recently. Cold rain. Remember the last time there was cold rain at Kroger Field Saturday after Thanksgiving? Yeah, Chris Rodriguez. Bowden just scored another touchdown. Yeah, uh, Chris Chris Rodriguez I think had nine carries for 125 yards. <laughs> he is like the we can get in this match, but like he's the key to the game to me. Uh, Louisville, like if you were going to compare them to defense Kentucky's seen this year, it's the most comparable is Mississippi State. It's, it's an odd front where they twist and move linebackers or off-ball linebackers around. Um, and they're just coming with pressure, and they got all these different type of pressure packages. And it's a defense that is really good against spread offenses. But if you can get in heavy sets and run the ball down straight ahead, straight ahead, I think they could have some issues because the interior defensive line is still um, tough. I mean, they got two former walk-ons, Nick, playing a lot of snaps mm-hmm. still. Yeah. yeah. So for Kentucky, I think that's really what it's going to be all about is getting in big, big sets. Um, getting Josh Caddis maybe to block down backers at points, double teams, get Chris Rodriguez rolling north-south and try to control the game that way. 
And you look at Mississippi yeah. State, that was when Kentucky had their best offensive performance. Yep. Chris Rodriguez had, what, buck 95 rushing in that 197, game? 197, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely steamed on the Bulldogs. So um, let's go ahead and get into this rundown uh, and kind of go through um, the, the checkpoints, if you will, as, as we get into this Governor's Cup matchup. Saturday, 3 p.m. on the SEC Network. Cats, cards, uh, rain in the forecast. Um, it looks like Malik Cunningham is going to be back. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, um, but uh, the, the word from Satterfield on Tuesday's press conference was, it looks like uh, looks like he's going to be back. And um, it, I think I think I think Steven's got a, a picture. You can see it in the top right corner. But if I mean this thing that he's got wearing on his left hand, he's got a That's broken from the game. Yeah, he, he broke his hand. Was it the week before or during that game? That yeah, actually, they're not saying it, but that looks like a broken hand, hand to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and then and then he hurt his shoulder against Clemson. But if you go back and watch the play where he falls down at the end of the half, I mean he's like clutching he that hand. hand. Yeah, and <laughs> just, like just, uh, Nick, imagine if you're rolling, like you want to run, want you want to run a play out of the pistol to the right, a stretch handoff. How's he handing this ball off? Yeah, you, you can't. Can he grip the ball with that? Do you want him? Bumping into like that just seems like it's going to be very hard to play quarterback with if, 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 if a rat that big. So that's going to be a big thing to watch. Um, it's just that I mean, like that. I joke with you off air, but that seems like five fumbles just waiting to happen. Oh, in the rain. And then yeah, you throw <laughs> rain on top of the. I don't even like, think about that. And you also have a guy too that when he gets hit, it's like somebody lit a stick of dynamite off up his ass. Like he just like blows up in a thousand different directions. If he's got his hand in a cast i just i you know what uh, i think this is a great idea scott well you know what you're really letting your guy go out with a bang more power to you um but it is like we we do have to mention brock the the dough man factor uh brock doman a college football journeyman uh has come in and he's he's played well in spots for them and you you do have to prepare like he's going to play because you have uh, to prepare for both. Yeah. You can't what happened at Vanderbilt can't happen this week. Right. They right. were not prepared for Mike. They can say whatever they want, but they just weren't ready for Mike Wright. Uh, first pull of the game, he goes 70 yards right down the, the left hash. That, that cannot happen this week. You cannot let them get a bunch of yards on QB run. The, Surprising thing about the Vanderbilt game was they were awesome against QB run all season until that yeah. point. Well, um, so that is the scary part about this game because the best thing Louisville does on offense is run Cunningham. He's got over 600 non-sack rushing yards. He leads the team in rushing touchdowns with 11. He's a great red zone weapon with his legs, um, and he can run around, scramble, and make things happen run, running the ball wise. And then on the pull and on some of the option game, he can really give you trouble out there on the edge. But one, how willing are they going to be to run him with, you know, a walking injury that everybody knows? Mm-hmm. It's no uh, secret. Know, how is the ball security going to be for him? Mm-hmm. That that's a big worry. Now, if you bring Doman in, Doman has a higher explosive passing rate than Malik with smaller sample size. He made some really good vertical throws against Clemson, uh, mostly to Tyler Hudson, uh, but he's been very 
turnover prone. I think Nick, like 20% of his passes are right there that ended in a pass breakup or an interception. Yeah, I think he's got good. four interceptions and 13 pass breakups, and he's only thrown 102 passes. And so he's been pretty inefficient. You watched the tape last week. Louisville gets in third and long. They're running the ball. They're not messing around. They get in Clemson in third and long with Doman in there. They were running the football. Um, so they're not taking a lot of chances. Satterfield has pretty much said, all right, our offense stinks. Our defense is really good. I'm not going to blow the game. And we got good special teams. I'm not blowing the game with our offense. So we're going to be conservative, and we're going to play to our defense. Uh, to me, Scott that's probably Satterfield. what's going to happen. Scott Satterfield said on uh, Tuesday, if we could score some touchdowns, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Uh, I put One offensive a- touchdown against NC State. And then they had two total against Clemson, and one came on a desperation play at the end. I put a poll on Twitter, and uh, so far nobody's got the correct answer. They're guessing between Coach Rich, Satterwhite, and Stoops. And uh, Satterwhite, at least in the poll. So I, it shows you where yeah. people's mentality and mindset is uh, right a, now with offenses that are struggling. That's another reason I think Kentucky can win this game, right? We know they struggle to score. Um, but Louisville, str- like, like their offense is struggling to score – as well, uh, you go back to the Pittsburgh game, Nick. I think they mm-hmm. won. They won that game. What, what was that? Twenty-four to fourteen. Twenty-four to ten. Um, but they got a scoop and score there at the end when Pittsburgh was trying to drive down and score. So like they struggled to score in that game. Uh, so like scoring is going to be is an issue for this for this Louisville team. I mean, you look at some of the numbers. They have worse numbers in success rate, points per drive, and EPA. Louisville's offense. You know how bad Kentucky's yeah. offense has been. And right. so it's it's really a battle of, you know, what team can get the three touchdowns first. Um, and the big worry is Louisville's defense, just not letting them set up a cheap score for their offense. Yeah, and there was a point, you know, when you were talking earlier about Mike Wright and just how bad Kentucky played in against that game. I go back to the game against Anthony Richardson in Florida where they were awesome. And we had that story from uh, Todd McShay talking about, the whole team coming to the sideline, Heisman my ass, Heisman this, and they were fired up for that game. Today, Satterfield, he essentially said last year, things got a little sideways. We lost our composure, got too emotional. We can't be too emotional in this game. Brian Brown echoed that statement. And I think that's – Kentucky's doing the opposite, right? Yeah, they lean into it. They lean into it, and that's when they're at their best. So – to that extent, I'm not as worried about it. I think the Vanderbilt was a, really a byproduct of not getting people fired up, uh, not getting them to buy in. If I'm going to take one good thing away from that Georgia game, it's that they were able to get fired up for that game. If you're getting fired up for them, you're getting fired up for this little one too. So I is J.J. Weaver, um, a guy who is going to walk on senior day, who not the biggest Louisville fan um, was in this city. Like th- There's going to be some motivation there. Jordan Wright playing in his last game at Kroger Field. Like, there's going to be some dudes with some juice down there. And you know what? It might lead to an aggressive mistake or, or two, um, kind of like we saw with Mike Wright pulling it and being a little, uh, you know, just playing a little hero ball. Um, but I also think that it's going to result in some some much-needed havoc plays for this defense that can set the offense up with some short fields. Yeah, that would, that would be significant here um you look at louisville it's like their running game is big play run game but they take a lot of negative plays on the ground so there's like last week kentucky didn't produce any havoc uh, this no. week they're going to need to um 
you just don't know what kind of player like Cunningham's going to look like. But if it's Brock Doman and they they are making him play behind the chains, if they're stopping the run, making him play behind the chains, it's going to be a good day on defense. Mm-hmm. And I think the key to this game, Nick, really is who's going to be able to run the ball better with efficiency um, to kind of because both offenses are going to want to. Um, protect their defense and mm-hmm. let the defense kind of win the game for them. And for Kentucky, like you kind of look at you kind of dig, dig in the numbers. Kentucky's run defense is better than Louisville's. Kentucky's running game, I think, mainly because of Chris, is a little bit better than Louisville's. So that gives them an advantage here, and that's why I think Kentucky's going to have a pretty good chance to win this game. And then we think, you know, maybe keep some QB run with Levis. But you hear Louisville talk today, that's all they were really talking about. QB run, QB run, QB run. Yeah, because they got lit their, their asses. So there is going to be uh, – there's going to be a play-action opportunity for something like that. And if you would ever roll Levis out, um, now would be a good time to yeah. do it. Well, and you mentioned the running game. Satterfield is expecting Tyon Evans to be back, a Tennessee transfer, which brings us – to our next point. Well, yeah. I get, are there any players that play football at the University of Louisville that signed up to play for the University of Louisville out of high school? I did some research this morning, Nick. They have four former walk-ons playing. Uh, if they're not starters, they're rotated in and playing a lot of snaps. Like the tight end. What's the tight ends? Um, Marshawn Ford. Yep, yep. He's and one of them. Two on the defensive line, and then Jalen Carter, receiver, I think, from Manuel is a former walk-on. Um, that's mm-hmm. in the rotation. Then they have three former four-star recruits in the rotation. <laughs> so one more of those, former walk-ons than four-star recruits. One of those is Brian Hudson, who transferred from Virginia Tech. Uh, the other two are Benjamin Perry, who pl- kind of plays their nickel Sam linebacker role. And then they're like 3-3-5 three, three, defense. And the other one is Chandler Jones, who's a super senior cornerback who doesn't even start, who rotates in, kind of plays corner and safety. Um, just so from a talent aspect, like Kentucky's got more talent. But what Louisville has here is a lot of super seniors and a lot of transfers. Top two running backs, Tyon Evans came from Tennessee. Jawar Jordan came from Syracuse. Um, top receiver, Tyler Hudson, who might be the best player on the team, transferred from Central Arkansas. Brian Hudson, who's probably their best lineman this year, transferred from Virginia Tech. Trevor Reed, who might be their best tackle, um, junior college transfer. You go on defense. Um, their best defensive lineman, Yaya Diaby, he is a junior college transfer. He's super senior. Um, two linebackers, Monty Montgomery, junior college transfer, super senior. So uh, isn't uh, Yasir Abdullah, isn't he a transfer? He's not a transfer, but he's a super senior. Um, he's okay. the best player on their defense. Like, he is the guy. Like, he stuffed the stat sheet. He's got tackles for loss. He's got multiple mm-hmm. tackles. He's got double-digit tackles for loss. I think he's had – eight or nine sacks. He's got two interceptions, got four forced fumbles, mm-hmm. a handful of pass breakups. Like he is the guy, like they have to have a plan for him and Brian Brown. Like they move people around and they try to confuse you. Um, they're bragging about, they're like, they've gotten a lot of sacks on three man pressure, but a lot of that is because they cause so much confusion mm-hmm. um, for offensive lines. Ever heard um, that before? And so like, this is like, this is a lot like, uh, there's like you watch uh, tape and it's got three, three, five fingerprints all over it. I mean, that's really how they play. They're playing on defense um, right now. Um, but yeah, you go like Momo Sanogo, who leads them in tackles, super senior, Ole Miss transfer. Former Jacquez Jones uh, teammate. Jarvis Brownlee, who leads them in passes defended, Florida State transfer at cornerback. Quincy Riley, who leads them in interceptions, Middle Tennessee transfer, 
uh, at cornerback. MJ Griffin, Temple transfer at safety. I mean, it's a laundry list of transfers. I mean, it is this is their team. They just built in the portal, and it's just a different way um, to do things. I, I think Louisville has really kind of cashed in on this year. Because they had they they've got an, they've got twenty four and twenty five year old dudes out there playing man, like mm-hmm. you know both these quarterbacks are twenty four twenty five years old. Um, they they've got Momo Sonogo, Monty Montgomery, Yaya Diaby are all like from the class. They graduated high school in the class of twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, which was uh, same year as Lynn Bowden, I believe. Yes, Josh yeah. Pascal's class. Yeah, <laughs> like they have just got guys that are old, just old dudes here and so um, I mean they've taken advantage of this experience and they're they're, going to be a team we'll see what they do in the portal but they're going to be real young next year because they're probably going to want to get their um, return on NIL investment in in the lineup right away with this recruiting class they're going to sign so um, things could be more rocky next year but they've taken you got to credit to them and Satterfield has totally changed I think his approach Um, you got to credit Brian Brown because to me it's obvious he did some studying somewhere about what to do on defense and, and it's worked in the offseason. I had a revelation, too, when you mentioned Momo Sonogo, uh, because it's that time of year. Uh, we're recording this two days before the Egg Bowl. The two starting linebackers from the Elijah Moore dog piss game are playing in this game Saturday. Momo Sonogo and Jacquez Jones. They were both starting for Ole Miss when Elijah Moore took a leak in the end zone and started a cavalcade of, like, we're still seeing the ripple effects of Elijah yeah. Moore's dog piss in the end zone. <laughs> And Momo Sonogo made a huge play 2020 for Ole Miss against Kentucky. There was a big fourth down sack, Terry Wilson, which kind of flipped the momentum. And I think Ole Miss went and grabbed the lead after that. And the Kentucky was playing from behind. He was the guy who got that sack. So um, him and Evan, well, Evans didn't play uh, for Tennessee last year against the Kentucky game, but Sonogo has played one in Kroger Field before. Oh, man. I, um, I just I, egg bowl. It's got me fired. We're, we'll talk about it later. But I just freaking love the egg bowl. Um, so we we have talked at length about the Louisville defense, though, and I think the reason why from afar, before you you know, like you said, you really dug into the numbers. The part that that is daunting is just the the on paper when you see all of the havoc stats they're creating. And the way that they're winning games, it's very much the way that Kentucky's offense is losing games. It's, yeah, that's that's scary. These are close. These are close games, and then you just make some really stupid mistakes, and you leave opportunities out there on the field. That's how Kentucky's losing games, and that's how Louisville is winning games. Is by um, you know how many would they have four turnovers in the third quarter of the Wake Forest game? I mean, like yeah, it, they forced it, eight turnovers in the Wake Forest game. I mean, it was just a total. <laughs> Anomaly. I think Wake had 14 possessions and eight of them were turnovers. Four turnovers against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh probably wins that game if they don't turn the ball over. Um, you could, you know, that might be the game here. You know, this Kentucky turnover. If they don't, they're probably going to win. If they do, they're going to be in trouble. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's just. You, but you got to give them credit. Um, that is not sustainable, Nick. Like they're not right. going to for they're not going to force 28 takeaways next year. I would bet a lot on it. Uh, turnover luck. Yeah, and so, like, and you look at I think they have 15 um, interceptions, but they've got, like, 13 fumble recoveries. I mean, that's just insane. 13 in 12 games is a lot. Um, to force that many fumbles and get on them, it's just, you know, you got to tip your hat. They've kind of figured out a winning recipe, and it's worked for them this year. It, 
The thing that's shocking to me, Luckett, and it's a soapbox that I love to get on that I, I don't think Louisville fans are watching right now to get all fi- ticked off and fired up about. Uh, but they're winning with defense. And they're actually going on a nice little run here. And yet, they don't care. Like, they, the Louisville fans, it they're, they're checked out. Or jaded, or I, I don't get it. Like, they're not showing up to games. Like, we're, I'm not worried about a bunch of little fans coming to Kroger Field. They won't even go to Floyd Street. Like, I, I don't understand how they're so disengaged when their basketball team stinks. Like, you would think you would want to cheer for something, for somebody. And they just aren't – there's no enthusiasm for Scott Satterfield's program. And uh, maybe – my theory is, like it. my theory is that – they only know how to cheer for teams that score like 50, 60 points a game because they, you know, they got they got spoiled on Chris Redman and Brian Brom and Lamar Jackson and Bobby Petrino scoring 50, 60 points a game that winning with defense is just not appealing to them and they just uh, don't care to show up. I, I, I just, I don't understand it. Do, you're around here. Do you get any sort of sense on it? Because I don't, I don't, I'm not even, I'm getting some trash talk from some Lola fan friends, but it's not even, it's even what are they just deflated and defeated from years previous? It's so weird to me how how that's uh, the, the the Louisville fan uh, mindset right now going into this game. Well, there's overall fan base apathy that they're dealing with right now, um, mainly driven by the basketball program and all of their issues, which has gotten even worse this season, even without the tournament ban, mm-hmm. and then. Football-wise, I just think they've kind of settled in here and they just feel like they're a middle-of-the-road program. And, they, and they're just not used to being that. And so, add that on top of, I think most people have come to the conclusion that Satterfield is not good. They would rather have another coach in there. Um, Bring we'll, them home. I think a lot of them are kind of waiting for these recruits to see if it gets more exciting. But there is something to what you're saying, like, they, they they watch their program get built with offense, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a big thing. Charlie Strong, I think, fought there. Yeah. Um, was how he won. Um, a lot of people didn't love the style of ball. Um, and now, like, they're winning like this. No one's going to these games. Um, it's just weird. I just think there's just overall fatigue, apathy. And their, their damn stadium's too big. <laughs> it's about 20,000. I mean, it's seriously like 15, 20,000 seats too big. Um, that makes everything else look bad. And they need to have like a 40,000 seat stadium. There's no sense in Louisville having a, what is it, 55, Nick? Something like that. Yeah, it, there's no there's yeah. no sense in that. I mean, that's yeah. going to be, um, they, I mean, they would have to be like top five cooking with gas good for that thing to sell out weekly. And it's just, you know, that's yeah. that, that shouldn't I, I, be how your stadium is so that, that that I think that hurts the optics of situations. Yeah, I but think, I think well, mostly it's um, general apathy, and then most people have kind of settled on um, Satterfield. But I do think that things could turn. Like if you go and beat Kentucky, that's what they love the most. Mm-hmm. Um, people could start to turn on him. But if you go and I mean, if he goes and loses this game, like it's going to be, you know, he's going to have another prove it year for that fan base next year uh, because it'll, at the end of the day they'll it'll be seven and five, but it's just seven and five. He didn't beat Kentucky. Yeah. You know, they beat top 10 Wake Forest and fans rushed the field. 
And you felt like they tried to make a big deal of that, but Wake Forest is going to end the year not ranked. Right, right. Um, so they're going to like it. Time. It's kind of um, it's kind of like the 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 thing too. When you look at Louisville football, as much as they like to pump their chest out over all of their accomplishments and stuff, I, I think they're like one game over five hundred in ACC play. Um, yeah. He's for like, like Satterfield's going to be one or two games over five hundred if he loses on Saturday. Yeah, I mean it's just four years. It's just tough. <laughs> like uh, they, they're yeah. learning that power five football is a grind, and they don't know how to handle it. And to your point, I think you said that Clemson is the only stadium that's bigger in the ACC than Louisville, or maybe I mean in Miami, like where. where yeah, if you Miami. well, you got to well, Miami and Pittsburgh are pro stadiums. Right, right, but on campus college uh, venues, only Clemson's is bigger. Yeah, just you go around the league, and you know, it's just not the fan bases aren't huge yeah. in the ACC, right? Um, you got a lot of academic schools. Um, you got city schools, and you just got that kind of a blend where it's not – it's just not like the SEC or the Big Ten where it's a, their, their fan bases just aren't as big. Yeah, like Lane Stadium at Virginia Tech is and Clemson Death Valley are really the only – Yeah, but even atmosphere. Lane Stadium only holds like 50,000 people. It's yeah. a small stadium. Yeah. The fan bases just aren't – I mean, that's all – I mean – the fan bases just aren't as big, and they don't have as much money as these other schools, and that's why they're behind in this realignment stuff, right? Or yeah, these, TV, these TV contracts. It just doesn't mean more. They got kicked off and put on an RSN last weekend, so you know. <laughs> yeah, and they've got the dumbest TV deal. It's the worst. It's the worst TV deal ever. Like they, they're consistently not on television. It makes no sense. To me. Yeah, and I think that's part of Louisville fans' ups. They know their conference isn't good. And, and they're sitting here battling for four and four. And Florida State's the biggest. That, that's the biggest one. Them and Clemson have the biggest stadiums. We, and they're uh, – yeah, yeah, we forgot about that one. Um, they're also doing the thing, too, where the ACC hates us. They don't like Louisville. Like, every every time – Well, even our- Satterfield talked about Greensboro uh, when they had the James Madison ruling. And then uh, Clemson didn't – there was something – I don't know. Fans were talking about stuff that happened in the Clemson game. I didn't watch it. Was, it was a targeting call in the Clemson game. Um, that, w- that was like, okay – um, and they're just like, oh, in Greensboro, they don't like us here. And it's 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 cute. It's really funny. And what's even going to be uh, more hilarious is whenever the Cats just put it on them once again. We're going to tell you exactly how after we tell you that you can get to the game um, with our friends at LexTran this weekend. Uh, avoid the parking problems. Skip the traffic this fall. Catch the LexTran game day shuttle to Kroger Field. It's a $1 each way. Just bring an exact change, a single smackaroli. Uh, and you'll stay out of the rain. They'll, they'll put you up real close to the stadium. It's quick. It's convenient. And it's easy. Just visit LexTran.com to see the pickup and drop-off locations all around Lexington. That's LexTran.com. All right, Luckett. We know that we know that this Louisville defense can create some havoc. So how do you attack it? How do you fight? Do you do you fight fire with fire? I think uh People got excited about those last two possessions, right? Where we kind of saw modern Kentucky college offense from Kentucky, where they were spreading it out, running RPOs, and doing some fun things. I'm not sure that's what you want to do against Louisville. Um, open open yourself up to see a lot of exotic blitzes. 
I think like you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel. You're going to see heavy sets. You're going to try to absorb um, whatever Louisville comes brings to you with their front, and you're going to try to run the ball with Chris Rodriguez downhill. I think that's the key to the game. I think it's going to be similar to Mississippi State. You're going to have to get run heavy, and then you need Levis to make some plays on third down. Um, but I think you're going to be able to take advantage of some matchups in the secondary, or you should be able to at least. And so the, to me, that's the key to the game. It's really kind of similar to Mississippi State. You need heavy sets. You need to run the ball um, with number 24. Uh, let him carry you. Uh, and that's how you're going to, I think, take care of the ball, finish and create scoring opportunities and potentially finish drives. It's with a heavy run. I know that's probably not what we all want, but I think that's the recipe for success this week. I mean, it's a 30-plus carry game for Chris Rodriguez, um, to me, in my opinion. What – let him roll up. Um, what's the um, – I don't have the latest numbers on how many yards he needs. But he got, what, like 50 against Georgia? So, no, no not bad. Uh, Do you know what uh, Benny's is off the top of your head? It's like 3-4-3-3 three, three, three or something. Well, it's more than that because Chris is at 3-5-2-3. Three, three. Give me two seconds and uh, I'll have it pulled up. Benny Snell had – uh, three thousand eight hundred seventy-three. So, um, he needs so three hundred fifty yards to tie. Gosh, so you need a two hundred yard game and then a hundred fifty yard game. Yeah. Which? Yeah. Now Clemson, like doable. you watch the Clemson tape, Clemson both backs ran for over hundred yards and they had a lot of success just running straight at them. Um, and Clemson's is, had offensive line problems all year, too. Like, that's not the strength of their team. Israel Abanacanda for Pitt had a good game on the ground against Louisville. So, he, uh, Boston College was able to run the ball against a bad offensive line against Louisville. Like, really, the the weakness of a defense like this is giving up big plays. Um, they've been good about eliminating those. But, like, Boston College, like, that's maybe the best – case scenario for Kentucky like Boston College Jerkovic hit on some bombs they were able to run the ball they rolled up like 7.7 yards per play against Louisville and they are awful on offense I mean absolutely awful and they would have scored more if it wasn't for three turnovers like Louisville got three turnovers and still gave up 34 points in that game and early in the year they gave, gave up a lot of yards Florida State ran for over 200 yards Syracuse ran for over 200 yards and Schrader hurt them with QB run. Like, I think that's the key. Like, Kentucky's got to be able to run the ball. Um, the team that runs the ball the best and stops the run the best is going to win this game, in my opinion. So, um, I think that's key for Kentucky come out and hammer the rock. Um, Louisville's still undersized on the defensive line, Nick. Um, she'll just kind of – you're going to have to come out and try to get hat on a hat and big boy them and let – you know, Chris Rodriguez breaks a lot of tackles. Um, Louisville hasn't really, I don't think, tackled a back like this. Um so just let him get downhill and just let him run, let him roll. I think that's the key to the game. Well, and that's really what this series has been when Kentucky's been successful. It's just all right. We're gonna we're gonna bully your ass. We're gonna shove you into a locker for sixty minutes. Hold on, get ready, let's go. Yeah, um, and that hasn't really been Kentucky football that much this year. But that's what you laid out earlier. That the one time they were able to do that uh, was against Mississippi State, and it. It worked well. It's the best offense has looked really all year long. Yeah. Uh, they figured out the Mississippi State puzzle, but couldn't figure out the rest of the offensive puzzle. Um, that kind of year yeah. for Kentucky. Yeah. But maybe that, that that might be a good thing. 
for this game. Um, again, I think Louisville plays a lot like Mississippi State. They're aggressive, twist, stunt, bring linebackers a lot. Best way to handle that is just kind of to run uh, right at it and then see what if you can get the ground game rolling, um, potentially actually it opens up some things on the outside in the play-action pass game um, on early so, downs. So here's, here's something we've done on 11 personnel this year. We've told you what's going to happen before it happens. So look, let's say that – let's say Saturday is uh, – we're, we're leaving Kroger Field feeling pretty good. How did we reach that end goal of – oh, another – Another ass whooping. Scott's crying about the L's down again. Like, you know, grass is green, sky's blue. What's new? How, how do how do we get there? What's the how does that game kind of look like uh, at Kroger Field in that scenario? Yeah, Kentucky runs for over two hundred yards um, and keeps Louisville's run game in check. If they do that, they they should have full control of the game. They should win a game if it plays out like that. The only way Louisville, I think, could win is just special teams catastrophes and turnovers. But um, we've seen that is very, very possible with this yep. group. Um, but I think that's that's that that's the that's the key right there. Well, if I'm I, I'm going to provide the kind of pessimistic point of view because I could I can just see it's kind of similar to the Vanderbilt game where you could see the story playing out ahead of time. Them coming out flat, I and you know none of us predicted that Vanderbilt loss to actually happen, but we you could see the sloppy performance kind of coming. I'm not seeing that. I'm not getting some sort of sense that Kentucky's going to come out flat against Louisville, but the script of the game, it's offense gets down to the thirty. Yeah, they stall out on a long drive. Louisville, you know, you, you don't really get much. You, you do that a couple times. You get inside the 10, you go for it. You get, like, you can see where Kentucky's moving, 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 turnover, moving, 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 three and out. And then third quarter rolls around. Things are getting a little bit tight. And then Will Levis, who is struggling and, and just makes another critical mistake. And, Louisville scores a defensive touchdown and just holds on for dear life. Um, yeah, I can see pull. that. I can see that happening just because, in the grand scheme of things, like it, this series, it 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 swings back and forth. Like one team's winning four or five in a row, and then it goes the exact opposite direction. The other team's winning four or five in a row. We're in the middle of a four-year run for Kentucky with one taken out from the COVID season. Like eventually, this thing's going to flip back and. The way that things gone have gone for Kentucky in the second half of the season, the way things have gone for Louisville, like you can see all these narratives fitting into one another to just create a disaster at Kroger Field on Saturday. Yeah, it's the most uh, to be 50-50 game that, that they've had in the series here in a little bit. Um, Louisville's points per scoring opportunity defense, Nick, is top 10. We know Kentucky's offense – it's like a hundreds of points per score. Yeah. So like we know that, that that's a worry in yep. this game, obviously. So yeah, I mean, like you talk about big picture storylines and whatnot, but like Kentucky has to win this game. Like Mark Stoops knows it. The team knows it. Everybody knows it. You just have to hope after a good performance showing against Georgia that they come back and play one of their better games. Quarterback's healthy. 
Um, it's a good matchup for your run game on offense. Defensively, like it's a good matchup for Kentucky. Louisville struggles to score. It's just bottom line. Um, they've scored, you know, they've had issues scoring multiple touchdowns in games. I think that lines up with what Kentucky's going to need here on Saturday is to get a bunch of stops. And so I think things line up well here for Kentucky. They need to go play the game and go play it well. But I, they have better players for the most part than Louisville. Louisville's got some good bright spots, but I think Kentucky's got better players, and they should win this. And Louisville's dealing with, you know, we talk about Kentucky's quarter injury, back injuries, but that's a, like whatever Cunningham's playing through is serious. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and if they're throwing him out there, you need to take advantage of it. I mean, you need to finish drives, you need to take care of the football, and you need to run it straight downhill at, at this defense that doesn't want to play that wants to just that wants to get you get you in a spread formation and attack you um, with their linebackers they're really good at timing up snaps so that's going to be big this week um, hard counts um, I think maybe you need to see more under center here to just run downhill and maybe take advantage of some of that aggressiveness uh, so I mean it's a Kentucky's backed up in a corner here we've seen them We've seen them twice to be in this type of spot, Nick. Um, Miss, well, I guess you could throw Georgia in, in this, but it's not kind of the same. Um, but Missouri and Mississippi State was kind of similar spots to me, and they came out and played well right. for the most part. And so you, you got to respond hope, to adversity, and yeah. they did. So you have to hope they did. This is a swing game. There's no doubt about it. It's an ultimate swing game because if you win this, you keep the Louisville series going in the right direction. It's a bad season, but you got some stuff. To, together, NIL, all of that. Now you can move forward and you can make some changes to prevent this type of year from happening again with the same type of misuse. But if you lose, things are going to get really, really ugly here. People are going to be really pissed off. Yeah. If you go out, you cannot lose four home games, man. You cannot have an eight-game home schedule and lose four of them. Um, And it's not like you were a big dog to anybody except Georgia. Like all those games are games you should – your home, your fans expect you to win. You cannot go out and lose three of those games. You cannot lose this game. Like you just got to go out and win. Got to find a way to do it. Yeah, you just you just have to. Um, <laughs> I just don't. Uh, I just don't know any other way to put it because you got to. Yeah, like this is not. You're a three and a half point favorite. Like you just got to go win this game. Like bottom line, no matter what it looks like, just go win it. You have to win it. <laughs> Because, like, as bad as the season's been, you can at least kind of walk away. Like, well, you beat Louisville. You won at Florida. Like, it, things can be worse. Grand scheme of things, uh, when you look at the overall general picture as a Kentucky fan, maybe not a young Kentucky fan, but for Kentucky fans like you and I uh, of a certain age, grow, beating Louisville and Florida in the same season is not a bad season at all. So, that that's that's what's at stake. On Saturday, you're also saying goodbye to some great football players who have done a lot for your program. It'll be the last time we see number seven in a Kentucky football uniform. Like, you want to send him out with a win. You can't have just this sour taste in your mouth from a a season that fell short of expectations for a future first-round draft pick. Like, go out and get a win, Will, right? Like, Chris, all-time great. Like, you, you need to send these guys off the right way. Chris Oates is going to be participating in senior day. There's not going to be a dry on the house. Like, it's going to be – there should be some juice 
for these cats. And that's why I do, I do at least feel good in that regard that like Mark Stoops, um, you know, he's not like Mike Leach in, in a rivalry game. He, he, he gets these dudes. Yeah. Mad. That's a good, that's a good point. They're all usually always ready for this game. Even when they are big dogs and like they had to just, they're fighting on the field pregame to get ready. Like they, they aren't messing around. And so I I'm excited for this game and it, it who it's it's just it a lot's on the line a lot's yeah. on the line yeah and this is why having this game at the end of the year is awesome it's in its rightful place and it just it's going to be good it's going to do everybody a lot of good if you can go into this big month of december with some positivity yeah because it's going to be a crazy december yeah, with recruiting recruiting already, portal coaching yeah. changes mm-hmm. it's just going to do everybody a good amount of good if you can enter um enter that with a good taste in your mouth. Bowl, bowl, bowl season, bowl prep, bowl game. Uh, just they really need this win. I mean, it's a they really, really, really um, mm-hmm. need to get this win. But they, you know, they've been in this spot before. You know, against Satterfield, twenty nineteen, they were six and five. You know, that w- it would have looked a lot different if they lost to Louisville and went six and six. Um, and Louisville had a lot of momentum. They had an offense of scoring all kinds of points. Against ACC and get to, they came over, they came across here and Kentucky punked them. Um, and we've seen that that kind of being a prevailing theme that Kentucky was just been a lot better than a lot of these teams they've played. Um, and mentality wise, they are just more ready for this moment, this rivalry moment. I think that Louisville has been. And if you look back, Nick at Satterfield, like they scored thirteen points that first year, and they got a late. Like sixty-yard touchdown yeah. run by Javian Hawkins before half. Right. I mean that they they could have just and they scored on the opening possession. Like Kentucky, you take that possession out. Kentucky stopped them like ten possessions in a row. All right. And then you go back last year. Louisville scores first drive. Kentucky gets like five, six, seven stops in a row, and then Louisville gets two garbage time touchdowns. Um, Kentucky goes up forty-five-seven. They score. Kentucky comes down, scores again. Louisville comes and scores. Again, like so, they like Brad White's defense has had a lot of success mm-hmm. against Satterfield's offense. And then I go to point about Louisville's offense struggling. That's a big part in this game. Maybe, you know, we some people have gotten upset about the defense because they haven't won games like 17 14 or 14 10 against South Carolina or whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a game where they're able to hold Louisville to 10 13 points and they're able to win a game 21 to 10. Kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. So I think that's a that. That's really why I feel good about this game because I could see Kentucky really holding Louisville to two touchdowns or less, but I can also see Kentucky getting to 21, 24 points um, in this game because I think they're going to be able to play with efficiency. They're going to be able to get, be ahead of the chains against this Louisville defense. I think they're going to be able to run the ball, and I think that's going to make things easier for everybody on offense. Oh, man, I'm – I'm excited. Uh, we'll see what Brad White's got in his bag, um, but I'm 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 feeling pretty confident about his defense being able to slow them down, lock it, and then it just becomes a matter of can they can they make the play that Jordan Wright, where he almost jumps the route and has yeah. a pick six against Georgia. You know, like they they haven't really. Keedron Smith did it at Florida, and look at like that just completely turns the game upside down, right? Like uh-huh. they, the getting that defensive score. Or, or the special teams when Barry on Brown was returning stuff like that. That's some complimentary football that, that they really need with a struggling offense. So, yeah. Yeah. And then you talk like Louisville special, like Jawar Jordan returned a kick for a touchdown last week. Like they won the game last week because of their special teams and defense. 
Um, so that's huge. Like any type of return um, will be big. But another thing we've seen in this game, Nick, like Kentucky has made Louisville's ass quit in the second half of these games the last two years. Yeah, yeah. And so if you get up again, say you get up 10 in the third quarter, can you oh, do that they, again? They're quitting. Like this – no team is better at quitting when they're behind than Scott Satterfield football teams. Like, you can just see the inability to tackle an opponent just drain from their soul. It's like the Monstars getting their – the the NBA yeah. guys, the Monstars are sucking their talent out. They're just sort of, like, zombieing around, like, I don't want to touch Chris Rodriguez. <laughs> it's, it is hilarious to watch them just quit football games, and I want to see that so badly because that, that that's the Every, – Everybody the, could use that, right? Yeah, around we, here. Like, yeah. Just from everything, everything has sucked this week. So, like, for the last two, three weeks, this season's been tough. But, like, just overwhelming an ACC opponent is so satisfying. And Kentucky can get their steamrollers out and beat the ever-loving snot out of the cards this weekend and really help us exercise our 2022 Kentucky football demons. Yeah, yeah. It would be uh, medicine and well-deserved. Well-deserved. Um Look, it will. I we're getting this podcast out a little bit earlier than normal for the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, it's an exciting time of year. We've got, uh, it's. I mean, it's feast. There's so many sports on uh, between feast week uh, with college basketball, World Cups happening. U.S. plays England on Friday after a stupid draw on Monday. That sucked. Um, but we got rivalry football games, and look it. This is as like some all-time egg bowl feels and going into this game. We got yeah, yeah. We got Lane over here. I mean, he's on his way out, and he's so just like uh, Sonny Dykes last year when the SMU fans were booing him at home. <laughs> feels like that could happen uh, but, on Thursday night. But Mike Leach is horrendous, horrendous at 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 rivalry games, and. Like, can you just see like Quinshawn Jenkins running for like 180 yards against this team? Yeah, no doubt. So, um, I, but uh, you have to. It's a lot of noise going around Ole Miss right now. Um, I really like Mississippi State before Ole Miss blew that game last week. I felt like that was coming. The Alabama hangover got to them. Yeah. Um, so I don't like it as less, but like, uh, there's just a lot of reasons to potentially like Mississippi State in this matchup. And I think this Nick, I think this is kind of a battle for the Citrus Bowl. I'd be interested to see what the rankings would look like if Ole Miss lost, because then Mississippi State and them are both eight and four. Yeah. And so, how would they shake that out if State won? Like, we could get Mike Leach in the Citrus Bowl, which would be an outstanding season. Yeah. For them, getting to that point. Kind of what we anticipated preseason. Was their win total seven and a half or six and a half? Six and a half. It went over last week. Nice, nice. But um, I. I just I, I love the Egg Bowl because it's like I'm going to be hopefully kids are exhausted from, you know, Thanksgiving activities. They go to bed early, pull, pull out the bourbon and just start tweeting up a firestorm Thanksgiving night because the, the night the, the NFL game is going to stink. It's Patriots, Vikings, Kirk Cousins. It's going to be he's going to like complete. He's going to be like 10 of 21 for 104 yards. It's going to be uglier than sin. So give me all of your eggs. I want to, I want the king of the eggs. It's a, it's oh I love this game so much, um, but we we do have some other uh, pretty tantalizing rivalry games this week. Cadillac on the Iron Bowl. Um, doesn't it kind of feel like Saban's just gonna like smash them and then like they're gonna try to make a case to be like a playoff team again? <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I think. Maybe that interim juice is over. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it was cool because, for a little while. And especially if they announced Lane as the head coach on Friday. Yeah. Auburn. Yeah. So then you're just playing the game. And, you know, the tension is not even really on the game. It's just like when Kentucky played South Carolina a couple years ago and, like, it was announced that Shane Beamer got the job, like, while the game was going on. <laughs> that was that was wild. Um, Florida State is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida. They, they've been playing really good the last month. I mean, blowing teams out. Yeah, but – are they are they are they nine and a half points better than Florida? I know they're at home. I mean, it's a good I guess time to good. jump on Florida after that uh, loss last week. Everybody's going to want to fade them. But like, I still think like I know we, we we don't play scoreboard math here, but they still put it on South Carolina like two weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I know you, but South Carolina just did. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, like if you're playing scoreboard math, you can talk yourself into Florida, and it just part of me it just it's. Like ACC versus SEC, Jimmy's and Joe's. I know for the, the the only thing is about this is Florida doesn't have their typical dudes in the trenches to just wreck hell and put a ton of pressure on Jordan Travis. But yeah, that, that I is do like thing. the move this game to Friday night though. Yeah, That'd be a nice yeah. Friday night watch. It, am I going to have to watch Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game? Like it? Yeah. I mean, it's just Kirk Ferentz sorcery. I mean, Mickey Joseph can't – they're ten-and-a-half-point dogs. Jeez, Nebraska. Yeah, 35-point total. Yeah, I don't I don't see it. Like, <laughs> Iowa's won four in a row here, Nick. Uh, Got to give them credit, man. They just yeah. figure it out. They just win games. That defense coordinator, Phil Parker, is just awesome. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they just, they just figure it out. Now, you're going to be 8-4. and four. Like, no, that, that Iowa team we made fun of is going to go 8-4. and four. Um, and it literally could have been ten and two because they should have beat Iowa State at home. They lost to Iowa State at home by three. They lost at Illinois by three, and they they scored thirteen compound points in those two games. Like literally, that should have been a ten and two team that lost to Michigan, Ohio State. You know, it's competing for a mm-hmm. a New Year's Six Bowl, but they can't figure out offense. They just yep. they're just wasting these top five defenses that Parker's producing every year. Speaking of the Big Ten, uh, how do we know how healthy Blake Corum is? It sounded not great. And Donovan Edwards is hurt too, his backup. Because they put him back in the game, but he only got it once, and then it was like, eh, we're not we're just we're not gonna play you. Cause like I was I was fully prepared to bet Michigan plus seven going in like to last week. Cause I thought that number would be about a touchdown no matter what. The way that Michigan plays is the way Ohio State doesn't want to play. Like they're Ohio State stinks at playing in the mud under Ryan Day. But I can't – how can you trust them, though, if they don't have their All-American running back, right? Like, I, I – It's going to be raining in Columbus. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just – I kind of like Ohio State there. It just feels like – they feel like the best team in the country to me. But they've but been, they just I, – I guess I, – are, are they just, like, doing the thing where they play with their food like they're getting bored? Like I, because it's yeah. been underwhelming. Jackson Smith and Jigba hasn't been playing. Like they, they've had a ton of injuries to their star players. So yeah, like, but they've scored uh, forty or more points in ten of their last eleven games. So it's not like they're not going out and putting numbers up. So. Uh, so what you're saying is uh, the under is not a slam dunk. Yeah, I think 
I think Ohio State's – I think they're going to win a national championship. I just think their offense will go on a run here, and I don't think anybody can keep up with them uh, that's left. That's just my opinion. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but, yeah, I okay. think – yeah, I just don't – like, you are right. If Michigan got them to play in the mud, they'd be in trouble. Like, yeah. if it gets to, a, like, a nine-possession game and it's like, all right, we got to stop the run here. Yeah. Uh, we got to stop down. power. Like, yeah. they're in trouble if Michigan can do that. Uh but I don't know if it'll get to that point, especially with Coram out. That, that's a, that'd be a big loss. Two games that we would never talk about on Rivalry Week but I actually think are could be fun to play. Georgia Tech, 35-point dogs. like Playing for bowl they, eligibility. They've been low-key good under Brent Key. They've been better, aren't they? I, w- I want to say they're 3-0 and against ranked teams. Since they fired and elevated their offensive line coach, so like, I, who's to say they can't mess around and cover? Yeah, I think uh, Kirby's going to want a, a big score after last week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, in, in any shot that South Carolina still has any of that magic? No, I expect. <laughs> now that line's big; it's fourteen in the hook. Yeah, so the, the could, hook is what's hard for me. They could not like, play well and cover. I think. Like I could see like Spencer Rattler throwing three interceptions, getting sacked seven times, and like them scoring seven, you know, six points after they scored sixty three on Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely see them scoring ten points Saturday. I I could no doubt about it. Man, if I wait till it's if I go, I'm gonna have to go over to Indiana Saturday morning and uh, get that team total under for South Carolina. That feels like the that feels like the move in that game. Yeah, man. I freaking love rivalry week. I like Absolutely the Oregon Oregon State matchup this year. Um, uh, the Don't Call Me Civil War. Yeah, uh, Oregon State quietly is eight three. Yeah, like they're having a really good season. They are they're good on offense. Bo Nix is hobbled. Oregon obviously look. I, I don't know if they've clinched yet to go to the Pac twelve. I know USC has clinched. I think they mm-hmm. have to win the clinch. Which, by the way, Caleb Williams. That dude, yeah, he can throw a football. Yeah, they have to. I would be interested to see the tiebreakers because um, it looks like it could be Oregon, Washington, Utah could all end up at seven and two. So, so they have to win the clinch. But yeah, I mean, Oregon State can maybe knock them out of the Pac-12 championship game, which would be a pretty big deal there. Um, that's that's a heated rivalry. Those two teams hate each other, so that, that's a sneaky good game. I think. I. I... I thought the USC number would be bigger too. I was a little disappointed in that. I thought it'd be kind of a big number because that's another s- spoiler game. Notre Dame's been playing good ball here last month of the yeah. season. But it's see what I wanted. I wanted this to be a game in South Bend that's like cold and you know yeah. bad yeah, weather game. They do the weird. They do the weird thing though, where it, when it's in South Bend, it's in October, and then when it's in LA, it's the last game of the year. They, they need to. They need to play in Indiana in November and just freeze them out. Like, yeah, I'm sure USC <laughs> does not want to do that. <laughs> um, but man, it's just we got so much good football this weekend. Um, hopefully Are you ready for cast- Clemson to be in the playoff? Huh? You need to mentally prepare yourself for Clemson sneaking their way no, into this no, playoff. No, not doing it. Especially just, if you're North Carolina lost. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not just doing th- it. Just think about it here. Like USC could it. easily lose one of these next two games, right? Yeah, and they're probably going to. Pac-12. That's what they do. You know, loser of you know, Ohio State probably beats Michigan. Michigan's not going to get in with their bad schedule. Yep. 
So Georgia, Ohio State, you know, let's assume TCU. Sneaky old little old Dabo just sitting over there, twelve and one with a conference championship. Yep, they're gonna get in. Like they just they just are. Uh, just get ready for it. Gosh, because they're getting in over Michigan, like one loss Michigan, just because yeah, of the yeah. conference championship. They're just getting in, and the especially if Notre Dame were to beat USC this weekend. Like they're getting in, and then they they blow out to Notre Dame, but they that was a ranked team, good team. The wins for Clemson are terrible. <laughs> like, just don't. I don't want to live in this world where plucky underdog Dabo Swinney. I just don't. I don't want to live in that. They're world. They're gonna go and play Georgia and lose thirty four to six, and just gonna be is what it is. But they're I, I just. It's another You're year. We're in the show on such a positive note. What the <laughs> well, hell, buddy? It's just another year where the fourth team has just got no business. Yeah, where there's and really the, just three good and, teams. Well, yeah. TCU, TCU too. Like, I mean, I think Ohio State would probably will probably handle them. The two three. I mean, it's just I think we're heading towards Georgia Ohio State. That's what I shout out to I TCU though for finding ways to win. Like they aren't they aren't like a one trick pony, right? Like they. They can win in a lot of different ways. So good for yeah. The problem guys. is like you know Tennessee, Alabama, Oregon, USC are all probably two lost teams that I think will be better than Clemson. Yeah, they're just not going to get in over. Them. Right. That's why twelve team playoff solve all problems. <laughs> um, man, well it's been a lot of fun. Lucky, I gotta I gotta get rolling, ripping and roaring. Um, but hopefully all of y'all out there. Who are watching on the KSR YouTube channel or are listening while you're driving, wherever you're driving for this Thanksgiving holiday, uh, please be safe. We're extra thankful that you all tuned into us all year to help get you ready for each game on Saturday. It hasn't been as fun as we'd like, but we always have fun talking ball like it. And if you get that rushing total for C Rod, we like the over. I'm down. I'm game for that. Check it out Saturday morning. Uh, wherever you place your wagers. Uh, And until next time, he's Adam Luggett. I'm Nick Roush. We'll see you later. Go Cats. Let's kick Louisville's ass Saturday.